FM New York, WKCR HD1. WKCR.org, perhaps. Wherever, whatever way you slice it, we're rolling into jazz alternatives. And tonight, well, we call this deep focus. Uh, we got it, we got a big one. We got a live one. Adam, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna uh why don't we just, instead of telling them, why don't we show them? <laughs> All right, put on your seatbelts. Could get rough. Live music you've never heard on WKCR.
There's some music that you've never heard. How about that? From Randy Weston and percussionist Big Black. And uh, they're still going. We're going to cut out of that for just a moment. But we're going to... They're going to join us again in just a bit. I'm Mitch Goldman. You're listening to WKCR. We call this show Deep Focus. Here's how the game is played. I invite a guest into the show, and that guest and I challenge one another to find live unreleased recordings of a to represent a musician or a concept. Tonight it's kind of a concept, and uh, I'm going to let the guest introduce that concept. But first, I'm going to introduce that guest. I'm so happy to welcome back to the studio, Adam Rudolph. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Pleasure, well, Mitch. Yeah. We've been, uh, we, we put some time in think, giving this some thought and talking about it. Yes. Where are we going tonight? Well, um, I thought uh, it would be, a, um, be really interesting to kind of bring a focus on uh, hand drummers, and a particular in, I guess, what we could call creative music. Sometimes people call it jazz. Um, I don't really refer to the music as jazz, but um, and particularly those who, I guess, serve a sort of a dual function. Once one is that um, that a huge impact on myself. You know, I'm a hand drummer, and um, as well as a composer, percussionist. So. Um, and on the other hand, also were uh, uh, hand drummers who really developed their own language and a unique language and an improvisational, a sophisticated improvisational language that could be played in contemporary music as something distinct from and uh, and from, I guess, the Afro-Cuban tradition, which most uh, or Latin uh, hand drumming that most people are familiar with. Brought my mic down for a minute. Uh, you say hand drumming, and people, and not uninformed people necessarily uh, either, but lots of us immediately go to thinking about, you know, fill in the blank, your favorite uh, congaro or right. whatever it might be in that whole tradition, which is infused in the music for going back 70 years or so to. Chano Pozo is where yeah. we start. That yeah. conversation starts and leads up through, I mean, so many great. And wonderful uh, uh, percussionists who come from that particular uh, uh, culture and folkloric tradition, or have been influenced by it, or play from that way of thinking. But you're thinking you're talking about a whole other approach. Yes, a whole other approach. I mean, everything is related, of course. But the, as we were talking about a little bit earlier before we went on air, uh, one way to look at it is if we think about uh, for hand drumming, um, but. Even broader than that, a lot of aspects of this uh, music that uh, that we we um, love so much, uh, Africa, um, even as a continent or a concept, is a culture is sort of the root or the tree, you know, the trunk, and then there's these many branches, sort of that are we could talk about as the African diasporic elements that go, and with the hand drumming. Um, the uh, prevalent culture that's come into so-called jazz music is from Afro-Cuban music, but um, it's a much more complex history, much more interwoven. But when you really go and you start looking at Africa itself, there's a depth and breadth to the music, um, and especially rhythm music and drum music, beyond anything that anybody can even begin to describe. We always get the tip of the iceberg. I went and lived in Ghana for a year in 1977 as a young guy, and there was really nothing that could have prepared me for the diversity, range, depth, beauty um, of the of the music I was hearing, and especially the drum, the drum music. And um, I think the impact of it, sometimes gets um, uh, overlooked. And so, again, but then back to the, so that's in that's a conceptual aspect, but um, which we could talk about. But hand drumming-wise, yes, there's um, a school uh, or a way of approaching hand drums that is, is something that's distinct from the Afro-Cuban uh, tradition. 
So what? Uh, what, what was? What were we just listening to? Who was on that? What was happening there? So what we were listening to was a um, um, a cassette, um, which I guess some of your listeners might want to Google what that <laughs> yeah, word means. Right. Cassette, but anyway, that was given to me by Big Black, and um, so this was a duet concert in Oakland. Uh, I'm not sure of the year, but I'm thinking in the '80s uh, with. Um, uh, Big Black and Randy Weston, who played uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of duet concerts together. And for anybody who was listening, you can hear that this is music, uh, we could call it ancient future music of the highest order. Um, really, it's like listening to uh, an orchestra, uh, just the two of them. And I think it was so great that you, you uh, Mitch, had the idea to open with this because the level on which Big Black is playing the hand drums, uh, the way he's dialoguing with Randy Weston, uh, the language that he's playing from, really demonstrates um, a lot about his particular genius. And I'm happy at any point to sort of speak more about him and my relationship with him. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I want to hear. Uh, I'd like to hear about that. I'd like to hear you unpack for me, for us. Uh, what is happening when skin meets drum and and all of that? Should we talk a little bit about that or should we play a little more music first? What do you think? Well, I'll, I'll say I'll touch on that. That's because I love that question. So um, and I um, or when skin meets skin, maybe I should say. Yeah, well, skin, skin and skin. So there is something um, playing with your hands, playing hand drums is kind of a unique Instrument, and I consider when the hand strikes the drum, uh, it's a it's some kind of version of what we call ohm, and that is we're moving from the nada brahma, which is the unstruck sound, into bringing sound into being. There's something about the tactile quality of what's informed, what becomes informed to the person who plays it. That's hard to describe. Wind instruments, of course, can be like the ney, the right, the Turkish ney, or um, have can have a quality of this really intense and mystical immediacy as well. Um, so, what came first? I mean, I think it's pretty clear, probably, that playing with the hands or something like that might have been one of the first instruments. It's so ancient, and yet it's so sophisticated. And so um, much about the cosmos. I mean, it, it's the earth, um, it's, and it's it's really connecting you from the immaterial, the, the mystical, the spiritual aspect into the material realm when things go into vibration. Now, a lot of African cultures, and this is not just for hand drums from Africa, but talking about tabla, frame drums, anytime there's this tactile quality and some kind of information, that vibration that's going into your hands. And for me, actually, it informs even when I compose uh, through composed string quartets, for example. It, there's something about that experience. It's so it's so central to my own experience. And it's so physical, um, so... Uh, um, in, in a lot of African cultures, they talk about that there's three spirits that are playing the drums, and that's the spirit of the tree from which the drum is made and the spirit of the skin of the animal, which so it ref so that that's a metaphor for the vegetable kingdom and then the animal kingdom being the animal skin and then the the human spirit and that interaction between those three things, what goes into playing it so there, there's more that could be said yeah, about it yeah. and uh i'm happy if anybody's listening who's an expert about not who has an opinion about it because it's it's a deep topic but that's that's sort of a to touch on it my view of it a little yeah bit. adam rudolph is my guest tonight on deep focus i'm mitch goldman uh we got some great stuff we got some incredible music for you um some music that you literally never heard before and uh, got some music from one artist whose music you probably know very well, but you're going to hear it in a whole new way mm. when you hear what Adam has to say about it. This is going to be really cool, man. Um, since we're working from this cassette, mm. hypertext, press cassette, and you see a little picture pop up of those 
like a tiny little reel-to-reel tape machine inside a little box. And they're coming back, right? I mean, a lot of young cats <laughs> that are right? actually manufacturing, putting out cassette-only releases. Yeah, wow. I've heard. Anyway. Now you got to Google reel-to-reel, but we'll get right. back to that. So um, is there uh, – we have some more music on this? Can we – Yeah, yeah. Great. All right, this is a thrill. Big Black playing hand drums, Randy Weston on piano. They had a duet for a number of years that they would do. And I, when I see you, Adam, I always think of our mutual friend, Don Cherry. Don mm. never would say it's a duo performance. He would say it's a duet. Right. He likes the right. word duet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, too. I this, and this is one of the great, great duets, no yes. doubt. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and think about all the things Adam has been saying about uh, hand drum and engagement between piano, which is kind of like a almost a big hand drum itself, and Randy Weston's playing it, not uh, some observation that's been made many times. Well, Cecil Taylor, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I was going to say Cecil Taylor, I read an interview once where he said the piano is, to him, is an 88, 88 drums, and he's sitting, the piano bench is an Ashanti uh, uh, throne. But what's so interesting to the piano, there these the, the connection of these instruments, there's a lot to be said about it. But one of the things that's interesting is that the piano, of course, to be quote, musical on the piano in the most simplistic way, almost anybody can, you can just start hitting the keys and you get a nice little, some kind of simple melody. The hand drum is probably one of the most challenging instruments to actually make music on. It's just this skin that has this very complex overtone content, right, that's resonating through this wood body. And so to use your hands in various ways to manipulate these overtones to make it speak, sing, recite poetry, communicate in a heartfelt way, um, tension and release, all of those harmonic content, all of those things is really melodic expression is is very challenging, actually. The simplicity of the instrument makes it a challenge that way. And so it's very interesting, too, to hear these two instruments together and then these two individuals who really, good friends of and people I respect and admire for so long, their ability to communicate, that their mindset and their creative attitude is so focused and together that way that it really made some magic... Um, for sure. All right, we're going in. This is a treat. And uh, Adam Rudolph, Go Organic Orchestra, you got some gigs coming up, right? We're going to talk about that a little later in the show. Sure, yeah. And uh, first, we're going to go back to the stage with Big Black featured here with Randy Weston. It's Deep Focus on WKCR. I think let's let's try, I'm not sure, but let's try this uh, A Night in Tunisia, which is number six. And who's who oh, so I'm, to? I'm sorry. So this this is Dizzy Gillespie. Uh, Big Black was played with Dizzy Gillespie. This is 1965 at the Monterey Jazz Festival. Oh yeah. Okay. Once again, featuring Big Black. Check out Big Black on the hand drums and deep uh, focus on WKCR. Okay. Thank you. 
Let them hear it, folks. Let them hear it. Oh, that was a lovely musical interlude from Dizzy Gillespie. Unfortunately, I, I sold you a, uh, a bill of goods there. was not the feature of Big Black, but... My bad. That, I, I think it was this other track, which this Trinidad goodbye. We'll 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 free, get to that. We, we, yeah. we we were kind of threw it on. Yeah. In a in a moment of panic or something. Hey, so. it's Dizzy Gillespie, man. We didn't, you know. Right. I mean, not yeah. But I'll tell you what. If you didn't like that, because you came to hear some hand drumming, we'll give you a money back guarantee. Mm. So, but absolutely, we're going to turn the focus back to. What we tried to introduce a little bit earlier, uh, Randy Weston mm-hmm. with Big Black. Um, maybe, if you don't mind, would you be able to do a little pencil sketch bio for people who are intrigued but maybe don't quite know where Big Black fits into? Yes, yeah, well, of course, my pleasure. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, um, well, I met, maybe I'll just start from my own experience. I met, I heard, uh, first of all, I'll just say we're going to be talking about Mtume a little bit later. And that Mtume and myself are the two uh, hand drummers who really play out of the school of Big Black's playing, although everybody plays very distinctly from each other. But Big Black uh, from South Carolina, uh, Danny Ray, Daniel Ray, Big Black, uh, kind of from that Geechee area, and he um, is um, sort of a maverick genius drummer of the cosmos, and I, I hope we'll get to some of the, well, even that first solo, if anybody was checking it out and is aware of how hand drums work, uh, can realize it's like, how do you even think of playing something like that on the hand drums? Um, so just to kind of my little sketch is when I started playing hand drums in Chicago in the park with a bunch of musicians who later went on to be in the Pharaohs and Phil Coran and Earth, Wind & Fire, uh, we did sort of, um, I guess you could call it hand park drumming, this African-American kind of, uh, but Big Black, uh, um, he developed a way of playing the hand drums that uh, he credits his older brothers who had a Calypso band um, and played, I think, with Lord Flea. Um, but they were out of South Carolina. But he de- developed, I've never heard their music, but he developed uh, that way of playing that um, became so sophisticated. Uh, he told me a story once uh, that he, when he was playing with this period where he was playing with Dizzy Gillespie and he played his solo, and Dizzy Gillespie said, man, now I hear what you're playing, bebop. And he kind of played, he he had a way of developing a language on the hand drums that was referential to uh, drummers like Roy Haynes, um, Philly Joe Jones, and most importantly, Papa Joe Jones. Um, and how he did that is like sort of a mystery to me. It's like just one of these amazing uh, brilliant sort of genius things out of the blue. So I consider him to be, I call him the Papa Joe Jones of hand drums because he invented a way of playing that it's a way of approaching the hand drums that allows you to be free to play your ideas as opposed to a lot of folkloric hand drumming where you're playing patterns and your hands are kind of locked into playing patterns and variations of the patterns and shifting the patterns. His way is where the way, like Papa Joe Joe, Papa Joe Jones sort of developed this way of approach with the sock symbol, a way of approaching the hand drums that allowed for everybody from Elvin to Tony Williams and Philly Joe Jones and Art Blakey, everybody, I mean, on and on, Roy Haynes, Jack DeJunette, to have their own voice and expression using this fundamental approach and stance about how to how to come at the drums. So Big Black did that for hand drums. It's very difficult and very different. That's my phone. Sorry oh. about that. <laughs> and um, 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 so... Uh, um, but it allows for us a, a, a great deal of freedom 
for the players to be able to dialogue in the moment, as you can hear how he and he and Randy Weston do um, dialogue in the moment and be able to turn on a dime and play your ideas and play language um, that is sort of an expanded bebop language. So Big Black from Carolinas, South Carolina, I think he, he lived in the Bahamas. His drumming is also really related to Goombe drumming from Bahamas and also to Tororo, who is one of the greatest uh, uh, Haitian drummers. So there's a lot of Haitian elements going on. He calls it, we talk about it a lot, he calls it drum, you know, drumming, drum from the cosmos. You know, whatever beams down and whatever kind of idea comes to your mind is sort of universal. He's very influenced, he told me, by uh, Tahitian drumming, you know, from Tahiti. So all of these Which things. Is Pacific yeah. Island, yeah. whole different background to that, but right. he pulls those things together. Yeah. So as we also this idea of opening up the hand drums into this syncretic idea and being able to dialogue and play in modern music or what people call jazz music. So his years playing with Dizzy and Freddie Hubbard and Lee Morgan and uh, Randy Weston and so many others, he was able to really play in that music rather than sort of in this mold of a clave based or pattern based kind of drumming. Um, so something just completely um, uh, fresh and original, but not super understood or even acknowledged, I think, in, and that's a whole other part of the show we can talk about is where the upside-down nature of the culture. But anyway, that's my little – so I met Big – so I heard him uh, on record, and I couldn't – I was like, how is this guy doing this? You know, I have no idea. What is – how is he doing this? How does he set up his drums? And um, – through a mutual friend, we met, and we became really good friends. I never studied with him in the formal sense of studies, but more in the sense of how the oral tradition works, which we he was also he is also he blacks around he's in his eighty eightieth year now is a great, great chef, and everybody wow. who knows him knows what I'm talking about and so i'm and um uh so we spent a lot a lot of time just eating food together, hanging out, sort of playing on his kitchen table. and um, But he showed me, like, basically one move, one way of approaching the drums that opened up everything hmm. for me and changed my whole approach of what I was doing. And <clears throat> I had always wanted, even when I was first playing uh, in Hyde Park in the south side of Chicago, I always had an idea based upon what I don't know intuition that I wanted to play hand drums because I didn't and but I wanted to play them in the music that I was listening to and interested in then which was my neighbor Steve McCall and Air and Art Ensemble and but also kind of Miles's music and McCoy and you know but but to create a new way of playing the drums this was completely intuitive to me and when it, I met it called him, you it, it called me yeah exactly and so when I met him um uh, I, I understood that at that point what M. Tume was doing because I never really understood how M, what M. Tume's approach was, and I'll talk about that connection later. But um, and in fact, we uh, one of our common friends, and you mentioned his name a little earlier, Don Cherry. So in 1990, in '88, Don Cherry and I we made that record with Hassan Hakmoon gift of the Ganawa. And in 1990, we went on tour in Europe. So why am I mentioning this? Big Black, I realized that after I got to know him around 89, 90, that he set his drums up backwards from how most of the Afro-Cuban, when they started adding a second drum, the, the initial drum was to the right. Big Black set his drums up to the left, like a piano, low to high. I had been studying tabla, North Indian drumming, for 15 years by then, which is how we also set up the drums in tabla. And I made it, and I said, I see the wisdom of how this is going to open things up for me. And in a rash and radical move, I made the decision like a week before I went on tour with Hassan and Don to change my drums to the left side. And that tour... We were on tour for about a month with sort of my trial by fire. I figured this is the way I'm going to really do it and figure it out. Um, and so it was a weird feeling because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're reaching to the right and you think there's going to be one thing and it's not there. So it was really 
Um, but I'm so grateful I did. And like I said, Big Black opened up a huge um, doors for me. Also, we can talk about this more later, but this idea of the drummer as the griot and the, sort of this culture idea, cultural idea and a philosopher, he um, and a composer, he's written tons of great music. He's been in play. He's been in movies. You know, right. He's been yeah, in he's, movies. yeah. Yeah. He's done some acting. Right. Been yeah. film career and also um, uh, um, television and also is a um, uh, um, wonderful guitar player and singer. Anyway, just an all, you know, just a great, a great artist who um, should be known more, I think. Yeah. Well, doing what we can do tonight. Mm-hmm. Adam Rudolph has got a performance coming up that when I'm going to draw you out, we're going to. I want to hear about the gigs that are coming up at Roulette. We'll talk yes. about that a little bit later on tonight. But what are the what are the dates you're there? Well, we my Go Organic Orchestra is going to be at Roulette on Monday, November 27th, right after so two, and two weeks. And from big, tonight. big, big group this time. We're going to have, there's 32 musicians, uh, many of our all time favorites, five percussionists. It'll be there'll be some rhythm there too. Ha <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're going to play. If you're just joining us. Um, Welcome. But uh, if you've been with us, we had set up, we were going to tell you, told you that we were going to play this piece, a live recording, Randy Weston, Big Black. And uh, so everything Adam Adam has been talking about, well, you're going to experience right now with uh, this live recording. The show is called Deep Focus. It's uh, Mitch Goldman. It's WKCR. Here's Randy Weston and Big Black. Deep 
Hate to step on a beautiful piece from the great Randy Weston, but um, we wanted to let you hear that example of Big Black's playing, which we just heard with with Randy Weston. And that was a great illustration. If you're just joining us, the show's called Deep Focus. And what we do, well, I should back up even more than that and tell you you're listening to WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD1. Maybe you found us tonight on WKCR.org or any of various internet radio finding tools were floating around out there. Um, my name is Mitch Goldman. Deep Focus, we have a guest come in the studio and we find music, live, unreleased recordings of an artist, a favorite artist of that guest. And uh, in tonight's case, illustrating a very particular idea in this music that's been around for a long time and a lot of people might not have ever had it on the radar before Adam Rudolph introduced it. And uh, Adam's here in the studio. He is performing at Roulette on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn two weeks from tonight. Um, Big heavy-duty program coming at you. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. But um, Adam, you are shining a light on this uh, tradition in the music of hand drumming and we were saying a little bit earlier that people think of hand drumming they they automatically think of afro-cuban music and you give giving us this great example of big blacks playing coming at this in a whole other way and we really heard it in that solo right there i think and, and i think um even um uh Broader than that idea, you know, we did we did touch on that and uh, talk a little bit about Big Black's approach in general, but I I would say an even broader issue has to do with um, sort of the understanding of drumming and hand in general and hand drums. There was a great uh, there was a great scholar, uh, 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 Dr. Bunseki Fukiao, who. Um, has written some incredible books about Congo cosmology with a K. And um, anyway, when I met him, I remember he was talking about that the West, with the culture is upside down from where it is in African traditional culture. And I think you could even say, as it manifests in a lot of the diasporic elements. Anyway, um, so... Uh, um, what, what does that mean? So, for example, when we look at... Um, uh, um, how even people who are fans of, of so-called jazz music, they always consider the piano pianists to be kind of the brainiacs. And it's the most Western of all the instruments. It's the most, the, the uh, most um, sort of monotone. I mean, of course, Keith Jarrett elicits another tone than, you know, Chick Corea or Herbie Hancock. But it's fundamentally not like the saxophone, where which is, so that's one thing. But the piano, and because everybody is so laid out, you can hear all of the harmonic motion that everybody sort of automatically thinks that pianists are like really sort of smart in sort of this Western way. But this is kind of, which can be true. But 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 I'm saying in addition to that, the drummers are always considered to be just kind of like bashing or playing, and. Uh, um, there's not this kind of intelligence that goes on. Now, when I lived in Ghana in 1977 and with my subsequent kind of research and experience, the opposite is actually true. The drummer uh, in a, a lot of traditional, especially West African and Central African cultures, is much, much more than a drummer. And to be considered what people call a master drummer, um, you are. they are often the people who in a society or a community, people look to for advice, to be examples of ethical behavior. Um, uh, uh, as somebody who uh, lives a kind of exemplary life of moral behavior and even considered, it's considered as a living tradition that the, con the construct of the music itself and the manifestation of it is, in fact, uh, imbued with philosophical values of how, how to live. So 
this quality and this importance and this significance, also the drummers are often historians, also praise singers, uh, at the center of every kind of social activity of uh, birth, from birth to funeral, birth marriages, adolescence, funerals, and so on. So, and also they're usually the ones who are responsible for bringing down spirits into the person. So the kind of knowledge and ethical and moral and philosophical, lived philosophical knowledge that you have to have to be a drummer. And lo and behold, as I, in Africa, is, 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 is so powerful. What I learned is, as I got to know, for example, Big Black, and I got to know M. Tume, and I've heard about other hand drummers, that this is uh, actually very much true in these drummers also, that the are they that uh, M. Tume and Big Black, for example, I mean, we could talk about others, but since we're focusing on that, are incredible griot historians, cultural interpreter, cosmological philosophers, social commentators, um, articulate and bring a kind of really deep intelligence to uh, to everything that they do, which also manifests in actually playing the hand drums themselves, okay? I think we could talk another time or you could other people could talk about this, about drums in general, but let's just focusing on that right now. So this is something that I think... Um, uh, those who know, know, and those who don't, or to quote, uh, Big Black told me a great Geechee saying once, it says, them slept, don't woke them. <laughs> you know? So, but we're, we're, we're talking about trying to share some of this knowledge and so that people can become more aware of that and understand some of the beauty and sophistication and the broad knowledge that comes to bear. And what's so interesting is that when you look at, for example, the relationship of uh, of a two made of miles, which we could talk about more, um, uh, that was very much, very deeply involved in like philosophical conversations and so on like that. Anyway, so uh, just this idea of sort of bringing the kind of the respect and understanding uh, to it, because there's all of these cultural filters that we carry. So back to what Professor Fukiao said, the sort of upside down world of that you know, the horn player or the pianist, they're like sort of the leaders there and the drummers are sort of just drumming is not the case at all looked at from an African perspective. And um, so uh, I think that that has been manifest uh, in some of these hand drummers playing in music today. Fairly interesting. Um, And I'm just thinking about that in terms of uh, what we just heard Big Black doing and his... His whole approach, I'm, I'm hearing the things you're saying, and uh, it's not at all that Afro-Cuban thing. He's really um, bringing his own language and responding yes, to what Randy Weston's doing. And um, something you pointed out off mic that was really interesting, he was doing a, a kind of solo passage, a little call and response, and uh, I don't know if listeners caught it. He was doing this – you expect – you know, I'm used to hearing all these monster congueros bringing this, the thunder, right. and he just kind of strolling in there, yeah. playing this uh, very cool tempo, and that still maintains a little pulse to it, and a really interesting play between tempo and dynamics, and, you know, we think of these things always moving together, and he's kind of pulling them all apart and yeah. doing something you might say it's very simple, but I would have to imagine it's not easy. Right. That's right. Simple is not easy. And play at that kind of tempo and have that control and dialogue. Do you remember the hand drummer when you're playing and dialoguing like that? There's not this kick and snare. There's not the hi-hat. Everything you articulate is coming off of these, off of these hand drums. So his ability to dialogue and have that kind of flexibility in what he plays and manipulate his hands that way is completely, well, is unprecedented. And um, something, as I said, that, that Mtume carried on with Miles, I carried on with Youssef Latif. Um, it's a way of, um, of approaching the drums, and it, and it comes from 
So it's both referential to this idea of this, uh, in Africa, that this embodiment of a philosophical idea. In other words, like there's a, a cultural more, uh, uh, um, in the Yoruba, there's this, this concept called itutu, right, or tutu, which means coolness, right? That's where this whole thing from be cool comes from. And the drummers are the ones who actually, and we could say in our case, in the, in the so-called jazz world, the musicians embody that, that coolness means that you are, you are in control and able to you know, generate all this heat, but while you yourself have a kind of uh, control and um, uh, uh, ability to be um, both involved but, but also aware. For example, if you're, if you're playing in, a, in, a, in, in Africa, when I would see the drummers call the spirits down into the people, the drummers themselves cannot become possessed because they are the ones who are mediating, you see, so this whole idea um, is 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 crucial. But how those things manifest, what's amazing to me is then here it is manifesting in contemporary music with, uh, for example, Randy the, of the very highest order with Randy Weston and Big Black, where there's this kind of dialogue on in the way that you would hear Tony Williams or Miles play um, um, and that it can manifest the same idea um, that it, that this idea of the coolness, itutu, is manifest in what you're actually doing. In other words, you embody it. The philosophy is lived, and you're embodying it. So it's it's um, uh, uh, it's inspiring to hear for sure. Adam Rudolph, guest tonight in Deep Focus on Mitch Goldman. Adam Rudolph's Go Organic Orchestra, thirty-two winds, strings, percussion, presenting murmuration at uh, Roulette, two weeks from tonight, November 13th, 8 p.m., one, one set, huh? Tonight's November 13th. Oh, it's November 27th. Right, Two weeks right. from November 13th. Right, right, right. On November 27th. Yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. Nice, yeah, uh, right good after. day to be, uh, have, a, have a little moment of um, set aside for music. That's great. Yes, yes. Well, you know, it's funny. I, if I can just, th- you know, mention in just briefly that, what I, one of the things I love about this show is it's all about, you know, you're, we're only playing, and you, tonight, we are only playing. That is part one of this broadcast from November 13th, 2017. Adam Rudolph, my guest on the topic of hand drumming and specifically Big Black. Coming up, you'll also hear us talking about and playing the music of M2 May and a whole other revelation. I'll let you go find it. Look for part two of this program. Once again, it's from 2017, November 13th. Adam Rudolph on the topic of Big Black and M2A. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. It's Deep Focus. Are you subscribed? Are you getting it coming through on a regular basis? I hope you do. I'll see you over there.